podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. It is a big week in the Big 12. We've got five games this week. we got to make picks on them all, including number 10 Oklahoma at number 13 Baylor. College game day is in Waco, so let's go. I'm Chris Ross, and this is the 10-12 podcast, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 conference. To help us make picks this week, Chase Kitty from the Master of None podcast and the Hot Route podcast joins the show. It's a great episode. We're going to jump right into it. As a reminder, if you're a Big 12 basketball fan, you need to check out ESPN+. Plus. It's going to be the only way to watch quite a few games this season. You can check out a free trial of the service by going to the 1012 Twitter account. That's at T-E-N 12 podcast. Sign up, watch the games, Check out the Miles to Go series and the rest of the Big 12 Now content. And when you use our link, you help support the podcast. It's Friday, and that means we are making picks. I'm very excited to have a new guest picker. I like to mix things up and get some people. Uh, I have been listening to this guy for a little while on Andrew Dowdy's podcast. As you know, I'm a big fan of his show. So very excited to have Chase Kitty, college football analyst, here with us today. Chase, welcome to the 1012. Hey, good to be here with you guys. Uh, I, I do I do want to say uh, you guys have a pretty good rapport, uh, and you're pretty good at this whole picking thing. So I'm, I'm hoping you can uh, – Help us bounce back. We've had some decent pickers, uh, but they've been kind of letting us down the last few weeks. Okay, no pressure. I'll do my best. All right, so we've got six games, obviously five Big 12 games and our non-Big 12, so I don't want to spend time on other topics today. Let's just dive right in, and let's start with one of the more interesting games on the schedule this week. Iowa State currently a seven-point favorite against Texas with an over-under of 66 
I believe you can get this game at... And that's pretty much it. Um, Chase, as our guest picker, I'm going to let you take this one first. Okay. Uh, I thought this line was really fishy when I saw it. Uh, I, I thought that Iowa State would be favored, but when I saw it was a full touchdown, uh, six and a half in some places, but it got bet up to seven really fast at a lot of books. I was like, wow, that, that seems weird. And whenever something se- seems weird, I try to lean into it. Uh, I, I saw that a lot of pros are on Iowa State minus the big number, so I, too, am on Iowa State minus the seven. Yeah, I, I'm kind of feeling the same way on here. Um, it kind of surprised me to see Iowa State at that. But the more you kind of look into the game, I, I like the Cyclones. It is kind of a big number. But it, especially when you have Texas's secondary getting healthier, I think a lot of this is looking at Brock Purdy against his secondary. But Texas is returning a lot of defensive players. Will they gel and, and get back to, you know, A-plus form? against the Cyclones, I, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and roll with kind of um, how the nation is feeling on this, how the, how the how the big boys are feeling on this, so I'm going to go with Iowa State. I, I know that there was a nice record for Tom Herman as a, as a dog. I forget what it was at one point, but he was he was like 12-1-3 and three at some point, and it's, it's, that's, that's kind of evened out this season quite a bit. And while I really like Iowa State in the spot, they've been close, they've, they've – Texas is that one hump in the Big 12 they can't quite get over. And I do think Iowa State wins this game on Saturday. But, man, seven's just seven's just a little bit too rich for me. I do think the secondary getting healthier. I do think Texas getting healthier at the right time. I do think them coming from behind and getting that win over Kansas State was big. I know it's on the road. I know it's cold. I know it's going to be packed house. I know Iowa State's going in all black. I'm going to pick Texas to cover. I think Iowa State wins this. I just don't know that I, I trust them to win this by a full touchdown. Yeah, I, I will say part of me taking Iowa State to cover is I have a couple of, a couple of other upsets, and I don't like to pick too many upsets. So I was trying to be real careful with what I chose. Well, in that case, Chris, what's, uh, what's one of your upsets? Why don't we go there next? Okay. Well, hmm, I say upsets. I should say dog. Uh, because I don't think this team is going to win, but let's let's talk about Kansas and Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State, I mean, Kansas is a 17.5-point dog. The over-under set 66 is what I was showing. But Oklahoma State hasn't beat anybody by 17.5 or by 18. The, the last time they did was against Tulsa in Week 3, and they beat Tulsa by 19. So uh, I think Kansas, under a uh, new offensive coordinator, Brent Deerman, I think they're looking better. I think they have a swagger and a spark on the offense that they haven't had before. I think we can all agree Carter Stanley has been impressive with all things considered. The the Jayhawks are a bit hard to pin down. Oklahoma State hasn't always looked 100% crisp. Uh, They've had some questionable play. And I I like the Cowboys to get the win at home. I'm just not sure. It's by 17.5, and and, uh, I'm going to go with the Jayhawks there. So uh, I'll let you know, you can get this at 18 if you'd like a little bit more of a cushion there just to feel better. Well, I mean, why not? Yeah. So, okay. You've got KU side. Uh, Chase, what are you feeling on this one? I agree. Uh, Oklahoma State has been a really good team against the spread this year. I bet them a lot, uh, including last week. Uh, Not last week, but two weeks ago, the the last time they played. But 17 is a lot. And like you said – you know, they, they haven't really had to lay that big of a number in a couple of months now. Throughout all of the Big 12 uh, competition they've, they've had so far, they haven't had a number that big. 
And Kansas uh, is actually three and one against the spread this year, at, playing as a double-digit underdog. So I think obviously Oklahoma State gets the win here. I, I don't think Kansas is going to go to Stillwater and win, but I do think seventeen and a half, eighteen. It's just too big of a number to lay. I think you got to be on the Jayhawks plus the points. Yeah, I think we're on the same page here. I, I think OSU wins this one. Um, Kansas. I think Kansas is going to have a hard time slowing down Chuba Hubbard in this game. Uh, I think Oklahoma State is going to be able to do enough, but I don't think OSU is just going to blow this game out. Like I could see this as a three-point game at halftime that OSU just kind of starts to build upon in the second half and, and puts the game away by by two touchdowns. But I mean, 17 is just it's just a big number for OSU this year. And even I, – I just don't trust them to, to, to win that big. So we're on the same page here. We all think Kansas is going to cover, but I think we all agree that OSU is probably going to come away victorious in this one. Uh, let's let's go to – I mean, that's that's one of the least interesting games of the week. Let's hit the other one. Uh, Kansas State looking to bounce back after their loss to Texas. They're going to welcome West Virginia to Manhattan. Right now, Kansas State is a 14-point favorite. Uh, over-under on this one is set at 47-and-a-half. Um, I'll take this one first. Now, usually I am I'm a big guy when it comes to Kansas State unders. I love Kansas State unders. They've been very successful for me this season. But 47 and a half is a oof, that's a low number. And I know that West Virginia can't ever seem to score more than 14 points. I think they've done it in like three straight games. Do I think Kansas State can put up 35? Mm, yeah, I do. I don't trust West Virginia's offense at all. Um, I think Kansas State. I think Kansas State covers. I I, I know that West, we all thought Baylor would just smash West Virginia last week. Um, they didn't. West Virginia kept that game close. They've had a lot of time to prepare for this game. I just I don't trust West Virginia's offense. And I, if you're gonna, if, whether Austin Kendall is a starter or is it Seth? Is it Doge? I don't know how to pronounce it. Like, it look it looks like the spelling of like. The, those dog memes. Um, <laughs> I don't know which one is the guy, if it's Doge, if it's Kendall. I don't know that I trust either one to, to put up a lot of points on a, on a decent Kansas State defense. I'm going to say Kansas State covers this one. I don't think by a lot, but I do think they cover. Uh, well, first of all, I want to give any listeners the context that I am a West Virginia guy. Uh, I grew up right outside of Morgantown. My whole family is from West Virginia. I work for Sports Illustrated West Virginia. So – uh, definitely that is the background I'm coming from. I am on the Mountaineers here, and I will tell you why. I have made a lot of money betting against West Virginia this year, so I am by no means betting on them because, you know, it's the team that I sort of historically have rooted for. Uh, I don't really get why pros are betting on West Virginia here. The only thing I can think of is that if there's one good thing about West Virginia's team this year, it's that interior defensive line with the Stills brothers. They've been very good at bottling up more conservative sort of sorts of offenses, uh, run-heavy offenses. They've been pretty good at that. They've been pretty terrible at almost everything else. And I don't know if that's the reason why. It's the only thing I can think of. But I very clearly tracked some pros because this opened around 15, 15 and a half. It was immediately bet to 14. So I don't really know why, but I'm going to f- blindly follow uh, people who are better at this than I am, and I will <laughs> side with West Virginia, and I am not confident in it at all, but that's what it is. You, you really should not be confident in it because that is absolutely the wrong pick. Uh, I, I like Kansas State to cover. Um, these two teams are worlds apart in confidence, and, and Kansas State's coming off a loss, but they play Texas tough. 
they won big against a surging kind of Kansas team that's getting better. And then they uh, beat Oklahoma, obviously. And, and I like where Kansas State is at mentally. I, I like the performance we're seeing. Uh, I kind of look at this game kind of similar to the KU game, which they won by 28. So 14 at home against a team that just has no confidence. They don't have a quarterback. Austin Kendall is not the QB we thought he may be. Uh, I like Kansas State to bounce back uh, from the loss and, and show a win and and uh, look good doing it. Yeah, I don't I don't even disagree with any of the things that you just said. That's the crazy part. Uh, something that that Dowdy and I have talked about over at High Motor is. You know, we always are complimentary of Lincoln Riley and how, you know, how much of a wizard he is. The greatest magic trick he ever pulled ever was convincing <laughs> us that Austin Kendall was like right there with Kyler Murray and in, in summer practices last year that like, oh, it's 1A, 1B. It's really close. And then he goes to West Virginia <laughs> and is like, wait, what? <laughs> what is going on here? So I, I'm just not confident at all. Uh, I, I agree with everything you said. So. He just hasn't adjusted to the time zone change yet. That's that's what's throwing him off. That's got to be what it is, yeah. <laughs> He's been jet-lagged for a year. <laughs> uh, so let's go to a game I think is really interesting. Uh, TCU headed to Lubbock to face Texas Tech. This is a this is basically a win and potentially go to a bowl game, lose, and your season's probably it's probably out of the cards for both teams. So this is a big game for both if they want to if they want to extend their season this year. TCU is currently a three-point favorite. The over/under at this is fifty-five and a half. This one's interesting. This one is actually probably the the game I took the most time picking and kind of looking at because TCU is the favorite three points. Uh, ESPN and FBI heavily favors them, but if you start looking at home and away records, the game kind of actually swings in, in Texas Tech's favor. And, I, I, you know, you look at Max Duggan on the road versus Jet Duffy at home. Uh, TCU has struggled to protect uh, Duggan at times, and, and Texas Tech can get to the quarterback. And turnover margin also favors the Red Raiders. So I kind of like, uh, like Texas Tech to get the upset at home. I like Texas Tech, too, and, and I don't even know if, it's, if it should be considered an upset. This is a pure value play for me. So when you look at Texas Tech and TCU, this line actually opened at Texas Tech minus a point and a half, and it has been bet all the way to TCU minus three. So I am just going the other way. I think there's a lot of strong uh, pros that that just make counter plays. They watch four, five, and six points of line moving, and they just bet the other way. Uh, my friend Rob doesn't and is very successful at it. I don't do it as much as him, but I think this is a clear spot where you want to try to do something like that. So Texas Tech catching the full field goal at home, I think they get the outright win. I I, I think I agree with you guys, but I'm just not. I, I, Duggan had a bad game last week, and I, and I get the feeling he might bounce back in this one. I don't love picking either one. What I do like is the over-under at 55 because both teams have been pretty good at getting the over recently. And my question is, do I think they can cover 55, um, which I can get this line at? I do. I think we can get over that. I think this is a at least a 35-27 kind of game. So I'm going to take the over in this one because I think Texas Tech's going to win this game. I like Texas Tech in this game, but I'm just <sighs> – it's I don't necessarily trust Texas Tech enough to pick them, but I don't trust TCU either. So I'm going to take the over in this one and feel more comfortable and then get it right when you guys are both wrong. 
Yeah, for me, this was all about Duggan on the road uh, in that environment. It's kind of a rough place to play. Um, if he tries to come out and do too much, they, they he's coughed the ball up a couple of times. Uh, and, and to me, that's probably the difference in this game. I, think it's, I mean, I think that's a fair evaluation. And, I, and again, I do think Texas Tech probably wins this game. Um, but I've seen TCU in these kinds of spots in down seasons, and they find ways to pull off wins. And I, Gary Patterson, defensively, I still trust. And I just – I I don't I don't feel strongly one way or the other to be honest. I think Texas Tech wins, but I just I feel better about the over, so I'm going to go with what I feel more confident at picking. All right, so before we get to OU and Baylor, let's take our non-Big 12 picks and uh, and Chase, I want to know where you're going with this one. Yeah, uh, I have a pretty solid pick, and, and I do uh, I do a picks column at Hero Sports every Thursday, and this is going to be in it this week. Uh, Navy is playing Notre Dame. Uh, the spread has been kind of bounced all over the place, but I'm looking at the total. And some of the research I did when I was looking at this pick was when you think about Navy and Air Force and Army and sort of the service academies and those teams, it's a lot of running, a lot of option plays. Uh, you kind of think time of possession and under. Uh, and, and one of the ways that Vegas manipulates you and is able to generate money is – they make your perceptions work against you. So when you look at the totals for those three teams this year, Air Force, Navy, and Army, it's actually 14, 12, and 1 to the over. Uh, so I'm taking that bit of context into this uh, Navy and Notre Dame game, which is you know this great rivalry. You kind of think it's going to be this gritty, low-scoring thing, but when you actually look at the recent history of this rivalry, seven of the last eight games – have gone over 55 points, and that's kind of where the total is right now, 54-55. So I kind of like this as as sort of a counter public play. I, I like the over in this Notre Dame Navy game. That is interesting. I think you were the first guest to take an over under in our non Big 12 pick, and I'm uh, I'm kind of proud of you. I kind of I like it. Happy to be here, <laughs> Chris. Uh, I'm really curious. Are you gonna Are you gonna take Ohio State this week? Are you gonna keep that trend going? You tweeted this out as a joke, and uh, I'm gonna actually roll with it. It's funny because Ohio State, you know, is a 52-point favorite. If you could get it at 51 and a half, or buy down half a point, or whatever, then you know I might look at that. But at 52-point favorite, it's a huge, huge number. But it was also a huge number last week at 43 and a half over Maryland. I took it then. Ohio State, Ohio State scored 73 points and won by 59. Ohio State averages 51 points a game. Against the Big Ten, Rutgers has scored just 24 total points in six games. Just three touchdowns. They have given up 245 points. So far, for every point they score in the Big Ten, they have, they have given up 10 points. Maryland beat Rutgers 48-7. to By transitive <laughs> wins, which is highly scientific, Ohio State wins 121 to zero. Can't argue with facts. I love math. The over under is 61 and a half, but that might just be if if Rutgers doesn't score, that's just another cover line. So I, I'm going to take Ohio State at the uh, at, at 52. But if you can get it 51 and a half to get that even uh, touchdown margin there, then uh, I would do that. But yeah, I like Ohio State. Can I jump in here to give you some some quick context on that Ohio State thing? I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. I just want <laughs> a couple extra facts here. 
Uh, Ohio. So this is fun. Uh, I talked about this with Dowdy this week. Ohio State opened as a 50.5 point favorite. The total opened at 51.5. That's incredible. For the game. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the game wow. you're picking. I, I, wow. I honestly think Vegas has a really, really hard time like putting an accurate line on this game. Oh, no. I, th- I think they did absolutely the right thing. I They did exactly what uh, I would have done in their position, which is I'm going to make you pick Rutgers. I'm going to give you such a big number. The only thing that pros can do is pick Rutgers and then lose. Uh, so I, I, I'm I'm fascinated by just these massive point spreads, like laying 52 points on the road in a conference game is just completely insane. But Rutgers is so terrible, <laughs> and Ohio State's really good. So I mean, I, I get it. I could never do it, but I get why you make the pick. I mean, it started out kind of as fun, but uh, I'm doing uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well in these non-Big 12 picks. So I'm just gonna have fun with it and. Uh, if I lose, at least it was fun. I uh, I love you for it. It's awesome. Uh, bravo. I would just say that. Okay, so I'm, I'm kind of torn. I've got two choices, and I, I'm not entirely sure which one I want to go with yet. I'm, I'm still undebated. So I'm going to lay out both. Uh, at the moment, Tulane is a six-point favorite over Temple. Um, I like Tulane this year. It's a solid team. It really is. Uh, but Temple, if Temple was on the road, I'd take this in a heartbeat because Temple can't win on the road. Absolutely cannot win on their own. But at home, they're 4-1. and one, And their loss was to Central Florida. And that's not a terrible thing this year. Even if Central Florida is not as good as they normally are, that's not a bad thing. So at home, dog for Temple, I really like that one. The other one that intrigues me is another group of five game. New Me- uh, Boise State's currently a 28-point favorite over to Mexico. Boise State has failed to cover as a favorite in five of the last six games. And while New Mexico isn't very good and loses a lot, they haven't lost a game by more than 14 points in their six-game losing streak. I'm very torn on which one I like. I really like Temple as a as a home dog, but I also think that 28-point spread's awful high for Boise State over New Mexico. So, uh, you know, I've ridden Temple before, and I've and I've won because of it. So as much as I like that Boise State line. I'm gonna ride with Temple. I'm gonna ride. I just I don't like them as a home dog. They've they've been in that spot before and they've they've succeeded. Um, they've pulled off upsets at home already this season in some big games. I'm gonna ride with Temple. I think I would take Temple too. I know mine's not games. as much fun as Ohio State. I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. I'm glad. Like I know that Temple's not as much fun. I get it. It's not. It's what not as much fun as picking a a 51 point favorite on the road. <laughs> uh, okay. So we wrap it up with the big game of the week. Obviously, OU headed to Waco to face Baylor in what is easily the game of the weekend. Right now, OU is a 10-point favorite over Baylor. You can get the over-under at 67 and a half. Chase, what are you feeling here, man? Uh, my, my head and my heart don't agree. Uh, <laughs> so when I saw this number at first, my first reaction was way too many points. Way too many points. Uh, and... and I thought maybe it was a little fishy, and that made me think, oh, man, maybe Oklahoma is going to win here. But I kind of did that last week with LSU-Alabama, too, where I saw Alabama was the full seven-point favorite, and I thought, that just seems like a really big spread for as good as LSU has been. So Mm -hmm. must be Alabama or pass. And then you know, my gut instinct was right. LSU was the better team. They went outright. My gut instinct is that Baylor is straight up a better team than Oklahoma. 
I think the defense is better. I think over the course of the season, they're more consistent. You could certainly make the argument that over the last couple of weeks, they've been really inconsistent. But I think they're the better team. So you're giving me 10 points at home with the better team. I got to ride with Baylor. But the fishiness of this, with Oklahoma laying that big of a number on the road, it does make me concerned. But I think also the the big number could be related to the fact that Oklahoma is a very public team. And, you know, it goes back to that old principle, you know, uh, bookies are are trying to set a line to get equal action. And when you look at how this game is broken down, they have like exactly 50 percent tickets on either side. So they did their job. Okay, so you're picking Baylor here? Picking Baylor. Okay. I, I like the pick. I, I'm not sure about the reasoning. My, my gut feeling is Oklahoma is the better team. In, in my power rankings, I have Oklahoma as the better team because we have seen Oklahoma look more dominant than we have seen Baylor look this year at any point. And it, this game, this matchup is very strange for a game of the week or – you know, the top two Big 12 teams going at each other, for both teams to be kind of in a down cycle the last couple of weeks, they haven't looked as good as they did earlier. It's kind of odd. I do like that this game is at Baylor, and while I think Oklahoma is the better team, the fact that this is at Baylor, both teams aren't looking very good right now. I think Brewer is straight up the better quarterback. Uh, Hurts' decision-making has got to improve if the Sooners want to win this game. Uh, so I, I like the Bears to uh, cover the 10 at home. I've really gone back and forth on this game um, a lot because I it's it's it OU's defense was playing so much better until the mm-hmm. last two games. They they were awful against Kansas State. Now part of that was Kansas State playing perfect perfect game. They looked solid against Iowa State until that fourth quarter, and then Iowa State just picked them apart. I don't I, – 10 is just so high. And I don't know that I trust OU to blow Baylor out, And which in this case with the way Baylor's played games, a 10-point loss would, would almost be a blowout for Baylor this season. And if this game is close at all at the end, I trust Baylor in a close game after what they've done so far this season more than I trust Oklahoma. Oklahoma got lucky last week. Oklahoma at home is Kansas at home in basketball. Like, let's just be honest. Things are going to break their way one way or another, whether due to luck, just depth of talent, or, you know, whistles, or lack thereof. In Waco, I don't know that OU's going to get the same benefit they do at home. And I trust Baylor in close games. I trust Charlie Brewer with the ball in his hand needing to have a game-winning drive. I don't know that I trust OU to come in and, and basically cover 10 points. I think I agree with you guys on Baylor. I don't know that Baylor wins. I could see OU winning a but it's just it. I don't know that I see OU winning a close game here. I just think Baylor wins this game. I think Baylor's been the better team, the more consistent team. And, you know, we we did our OU Baylor preview and and Camier talked about Jalen Hurts is just kind of is he selfish or does he just not know how to process his reads and get get rid of the ball or or hand it off? I just I think Brewer is gonna have himself the kind of day that makes people go, hmm, we should have been paying more attention to this guy than we have been. I, I think I like Baylor to not only cover, I think I like Baylor to win in this one. So what's weird about this is if this game was three weeks ago, I would have taken Oklahoma to cover the 10 points easily because of that speed D, the way it had been looking, that on both sides of the ball, the Sooners looked very, very good. 
and obviously their offense is scary good. But with the decision-making of Hurts and keeping the ball, you know, it's questionable. Now, if he comes up and decides to be more generous than he's ever been in the past, he and defenses start keying in on him, and, and you know, I mean, that could set up kind of a, a pretty good fake that, that Oklahoma could take advantage of in the first half of a game before defense could could kind of adjust and make that adjustment. So it's interesting because we see the issue. So I'm sure Oklahoma sees the issue um, about him kind of holding on to the ball too much, which is easily fixed with a little bit of coaching. This could be the week that happens, but I, I'm with you guys. I, I like Baylor, just what we've seen the last two weeks. To, to I, I've gone from – over the last two weeks, I've gone from Oklahoma just straight up being the better team, winning this game easily – to I think Baylor gets the win. Baylor has been the best in in their biggest games so far this season. Like the only times I haven't covered are you know Stephen F. Austin, Rice, Texas Tech, West Virginia. Those those games where I'm not saying they played down to the competition, but just you know you you can beat those teams pretty easily. Just not big no big word. But their biggest wins, not just covering the spread, but the way they beat Kansas State how they beat Oklahoma State, have been in against what we could argue is the best teams they've faced so far on the schedule. Because they haven't played Texas, and they've obviously got OU this week. I feel good about Baylor in a big game this year. I just do. I think I, Matt Rule, I believe in Matt Rule. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do. You know what's interesting is the Sooners are just 4-5 and five against the spread and 1-3 and three against the spread on the road. Well, when you're favored by like three touchdowns a lot, that's that's kind of what happens. Yeah. Do you guys think this is the Big 12 championship game? A preview, I mean. Do you think this these two teams are going to be in the championship game? It's the most likely scenario. Maybe. It depends. If if Baylor gets the win here, then Oklahoma is really going to, you know, will they make the championship game? They've gone from the favorite to maybe not even making the game. I mean, but they would hold a tiebreaker over Texas if, say, Texas beats Iowa State. If Texas wins out, oh, you still hold the but the Sooners, the Sooners schedule, they still have Bedlam. Yeah. They still have TCU. I, you know. I mean, at this point, I think there's a scenario where I think there's still a lot of things in play. If Oklahoma I think wins, so. it's the it just rematch. makes the most sense. I think it is. Oh, if OU wins, it's the rematch then. Yeah. But if Baylor wins, I think it's still the most likely scenario. But there's so many – I think I'll be able to make a better judgment on that after this weekend, which I know sounds like a cop-out. But I want to see what happens with Texas and Iowa State. Um, and I want to make sure that Oklahoma State doesn't go and, and come out and crap the bed and Spencer Sanders doesn't have a bad game, which sounds silly, but there's still a scenario for OSU to get there. There's still a scenario for Kansas State to get there. There's still a scenario for Texas to get there. I think there's still a scenario that Iowa State does, but that would be just the most insane collection of things happening for that to occur. So I, I want to see what happens this weekend because after this weekend, I think we have a pretty clear picture of exactly who's going to be there in, in Arlington. I do have a question for you guys, and this is getting away. We've we've all made our picks now, so it's kind of getting away from that. But the college football playoff rankings are out. Five Big 12 teams are in, but still Baylor and Oklahoma both are kind of being poo-pooed on while Oregon and Utah are being touted up while no one else in the Pac-12 is even in the, the, the top 25. Yeah, I don't know I, because look, and I and you guys made this point, Chase, on, on on high motor. Like, it's all about wins. Like, I think I think the the what we can tell thus far is with the playoff committee, the things that are most important are who have you beaten, and then I test, 
And then things like who you've lost to come into play if we need some tiebreakers to, to separate teams. So Oregon's right. best win is a loss to Auburn? No. Kind of, uh, kind of yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> because Alabama's best win is a loss is a close loss to LSU right now. I mean, they I don't mean, have anything else on there. Georgia's got Georgia's fourth because they have wins over Notre Dame and, and Auburn. Um I I I don't know why Utah's done. I forget their schedule. I don't remember every Pac twelve schedule off the top of my head. Um, I just, if your best game is a loss, I feel like, I mean, I don't know how you count that. Now the argument against Baylor behind Florida and Auburn was, I thought a bit garbage based off. They have two losses and, and Baylor has zero. Like I understand that it's okay to have a team that's got a loss ahead of a team that doesn't, but Baylor behind Florida and Auburn, that's the thing that irks me a little bit. If, If you have big wins to support that close loss, then I'm all for it. But if the close loss is all you have, then that doesn't really say anything. Because we all know how transitive wins work, right? Like any game can be close. Any game can be a blowout. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's how it's going to work out every single time you line up. So if that's all you have is the close loss, then, then what are we doing? I don't know. I, I don't I, – I, I hate to be like guy that keeps crapping on Alabama because, I mean, how, how can you have – the, the, just the program that they run and how good Nick Saban's been. Like, I don't like taking anything away from them, but this year, like, take all the other stuff out of it. Look at the team this year. They haven't done anything, okay? It, it's like was just said on this podcast, their best win is a loss to LSU. And it, they, they really made that score a lot closer than that game was. Like, they were getting murdered for the first three quarters of that game. Yeah. So, I, I don't... I get why they are where they are. It's because I think there's a gap after this top six or seven teams and they're Alabama and there's branding and you know, they're good because we know how good Tua is. But like, look at the other teams in the mix here. Like they do not belong in that class. Like I think Alabama is a lot closer to Penn state than they are Clemson this year. I mean, and maybe Clemson's not even the right team to pick because Clemson hasn't done anything either. I can't believe Clemson's higher than Georgia. Georgia has, Two really nice wins. Clemson beat Texas A&M, who were just obsessed with ranking highly for no reason at all. Uh, it, it A lot of it doesn't make sense to me this year, but there's so many flawed teams that I'm just kind of rolling with it. Uh, I, I think they got the top two, right? And, and I think there's kind of a, some separation after two in Ohio State. But So to some degree, maybe a lot of this doesn't matter, but I, I do think there are some gaps in logic. I, I worry... If, for the Big 12 people, I worry whether or not Baylor has enough in front of them to really launch themselves up like Minnesota just did. It feels like the Big 12 is in the fifth position right now, and that's not a good place to be. It does. It feels like the Big 12 is in the fifth position, but half of the conference is in the top 25, and literally no one else of the Pac-12's 14 teams that are even in the top 25. Not, not only that, but you have to believe that Iowa State isn't that far out. Right, so if they get the win over, over Texas or whatever, then, you know, they could jump back in. So you have, my question was going to be, if Baylor beats Oklahoma or even vice versa, do they jump the Pac-12 schools, Utah and Oregon? I don't think so. I mean, Oregon's, Oregon's what at at five or six? I, I don't six. Yeah, I think they could jump maybe Minnesota. I I could I think that's possible. Uh, but I don't know that just beating Oklahoma is going to jump you all the way in front of Oregon, even though Baylor would still be undefeated. 
I think if you're a Big 12 fan, the thing you cling to is the fact that Baylor still has ranked Oklahoma, uh, ranked for now Texas, and then a Big 12 championship game that would almost certainly be against a, a ranked opponent and, and potentially a top 15 ranked opponent. Could that be enough? Yes, depending on the other things that happen. But you would need some help, I think, at this point, just because of how the schedule is broken and who beat whom and, and all of that stuff. If you're Baylor, you're rooting on – you want to win this weekend, and you're rooting on Texas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State to keep winning. Like you look at who's ranked right now. You've beaten Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Those are two of your biggest wins. You've got Texas next week. Right now, you are Baylor. You say, we got to beat OU, and then we need those other four teams to just keep trying to win games. Because if they do, it helps us out. Because if Baylor wins, they're going to have three wins over top 25 teams if Texas, OSU or if OSU and Kansas State both win this weekend. That would be big for them. That would be more than Minnesota. It would be more than Utah. It would be more than Oregon. It would be a big jump. But I think it would. I think you would have to start saying, kind of like with Minnesota making a giant jump after beating Penn State, I know OU is 10th and not 4th, but Bader beating Oklahoma would be enough of a statement win to go with those other ranked wins. I think that they could move up quite a bit. And I actually think if Minnesota beats Iowa on the road this week, Minnesota ends up in – sixth if not they probably should be fifth by the next playoff poll next week they could i just don't think they're going to win that game but that's a conversation for another time i suppose <laughs> and a I, I completely guess different podcast <laughs> totally different podcast uh we'll, we'll go to the the fourteen ten podcast for that maybe is, is that a thing <laughs> that's uh, good i like that I, I guess the other thing you could add here about the Baylor and the playoff conversation and everything is this is this is the downside to scheduling UTSA, Rice, and an FCS team. Uh, yeah. you, you give yourself no cushion with what you accomplished in September if you do end up in position in November and December. Agreed. The, the whole Big 12, and I forget who I was talking about this, the whole Big 12, their non-conference slate totally this year is bad. Your best game was LSU and you lost it. Outside of that, who's the next best win? Mississippi State for Kansas State? They're they're not going to go to a bowl game. Uh, Purdue, they've been awful. Like I don't uh, Oregon State. Okay, they've got four wins now. I don't know who the who the best win for the conference as a whole is. But the conference as a whole image is they have five teams in the in the top twenty five. Like yeah, so, you have three down. Like it doesn't yes, matter. Why are we worried 25. about why are we worried about the first three weeks when you have five teams in the top twenty five? But yet the top two teams aren't being recognized. It's it makes no sense. Because I, I, I think it's because that first month is when a lot of the narratives get formed, and you can get Absolutely. the inside track to to some of these higher playoff spots. It's great that the Big Twelve has all this depth through the middle, and that they're half the conference is ranked in the top twenty-five. But through the but first. If the top two teams aren't positioned, then none of it's going to matter. No, absolutely. And I, I believe you're absolutely correct with the forming the narrative. But what's so confusing about that is the narrative was the Pac-12 was dead after the non-con, right? They were out. And now here they are. And nothing's really changed. Breaks of the game, I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, really what Baylor needs to do this week is have a very close loss to Oklahoma, so then they'll have a quality loss and they can move up. That would be good. <laughs> That would be good for the Big 12. All right. Uh, this has been awesome, Chase. I just want to say thank you for joining us this week. Do me a favor for everybody who wants to check out all the work you do covering college football. Where can they do so? Sure. Uh, lots of stuff on Twitter, at Chase A. Kitty, which is my name. And then uh, the Master of None podcast, which is on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you might listen to a podcast. Uh, that comes out semi-regularly. We talk about a lot of stuff there, pop culture, 
uh, Division One football, both FBS and CS, uh, FCS, basketball, softball, everything. Uh, and uh, also, I am. Uh, this has been referenced a couple times, but I'm on the hot route uh, twice a week with Andrew Doughty, a great college football podcast that I'm sort of the the co-pilot on for a lot of that, and that's a good listen as well. Again, Chase, really appreciate you joining us today. This has been a lot of fun. Everybody enjoy the game Saturday. Got five Big 12 games. There's no reason not to be planted in front of the TV all day long. Hey guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show five stars. Please, it helps guests get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Don't forget, if you want to be part of our first mailbag episode this month, shoot us your question. You can DM us on Twitter, at 1012podcast, T-E-M, the number 12, the word podcast, or you can shoot it to us in an email. That's 1012podcast, T-E-N, number 12, word podcast, at gmail.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.